and welcome to episode 50 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is a podcast where I get to know some of the nicest and funniest people from the internet. They are the Friends of the Show. This week's friend is one of my comedy heroes, Chris Locke. And I've been a fan of his for over a decade. Uh, We have a very nice time reminiscing, getting real about life, comedy, and the Twitter game. This episode also features a surprise podcast debut from a very special guest. And, of course, Chris answers some great questions sent in by our listeners. Thanks to everyone who sent a question to at FOTSPod on Twitter. It's the Big 5-0, Friends of the Show, Episode 50, with Chris Locke. There's no mean to any of this. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura himself. <laughs> great, great quote, and welcome to the podcast, Chris Locke. Thanks so much for having me. That theme song, the tempo is all over the place. Yeah, that's Kyle I. Davidson, my cousin, who concocted that little ditty for the show, so shout out. It's really cool. It sounds like a song is falling down some stairs. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what he was going for. Uh, for the listeners, um, I crunched the numbers on this, and I have been watching this guy do comedy for over a decade. Constantly funny, made me laugh millions of times all over the Toronto scene, um, and I'm so happy to have him this uh, week on the show. Very excited. Welcome, Chris Locke, at Chris Locke Fun. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, so um, Kyle I. Davidson, speaking of, uh, when he was here, I think he said that you're his favorite stand-up. So that's a ringing Whoa. endorsement, right? That's pretty good. I'd say well, that's... Well, now he's my favorite musician. Yeah. Reciprocal. Very cool. That's really nice. Thank you very much, both of you. Very, very nice. So, uh, yeah, uh, just um, some of the things that you've done. Awesome videos from uh the comedy perspective you've done a bunch of things from like cool judge and your latest thing learning nature which is very funny and cool yeah uh, no thanks yeah uh and you're uh, a great podcast you're also a fellow podcaster uh utopia to me is a great podcast yeah, and has sure. so many uh hilarious people on it just the funniest uh comedians you got all the hookups uh, in yeah. the comedy world so it's a great podcast um friends of the show nicks nemeroff and flanagan and so many other great guests like it's they've uh, done this podcast too the two nicks yeah both the nicks have been uh friends of the show as well so yeah so, my, yeah. my daughter in the other room she's two years old and she's gonna be getting ready for bed soon so she you might hear her kick up a fuss oh that's exciting i'm looking forward to have some uh texture to the audio of this uh, episode well that's the thing about my comedy too is it's like real in the moment you know and uh having a child is super real uh yeah i think it's probably oh i think i just heard yeah some realness some real life real life's happening also she says no to me everything even though she will do what she says no about it's really funny <laughs> we'll be uh, like you want to wear a shirt and she'll be like no but then she'll put on a shirt you know yeah she doesn't grasp like, but you said no <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just non-stop stuff like that i'm sure every day yeah drives me nuts <laughs> but it's also the best um so you're heading into <laughs> the terrible twos so they say it's gonna get more terrible yeah i wrote this joke for my wife tonight what do you think about this my daughter's uh, 
going uh, through her terrible twos, which drive me, drives me nuts right now, of course. Uh, but what also doesn't help is my husband is going through his terrible 40s. Hey. Uh, isn't that huge? Wouldn't that have killed 50 years ago somewhere? Yeah, it would definitely need uh, some band leader to go, Hoyo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be terrible, but also probably good. <laughs> come here. Come here. This, this is going to be how long is your podcast? Uh, it's about an hour. Okay. Say hi. Hi. Hello. Are you going to have a bath? Oh, you had an accident? Say I had an accident. I had an accident. Say sorry. Hi. It's okay. It's okay. Right, thanks. Go see mommy. How real is that? That was amazing. Is that her podcast debut, or has she been on? Uh, has she been? <laughs> has she That's been on podcast Utopia? debut. Holy, you're totally right. All right, what a scoop! <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah, the cuteness factor of this episode just went up uh, tenfold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it was already pretty cute, eh? I mean, it was <laughs> it was the baseline of cute. Which I'm here. I'm cute, right? Uh, yeah, you're cute. So <laughs> that's that's great. Love the the fam. So we should mention we also heard your lovely wife, Kathleen Phillips. Law. Yeah, she's oh. uh, funnier and smarter than I am. They both are, to be honest. Nah, <laughs> that's classic dad dad answer. Um, yeah, she's great. I've also been seeing her doing comedy around town for yeah. at, at equally as long, and she's like her character work is unsurpassed. <laughs> it's just the greatest. It's insane. I know she's so talented. Or like, forget she, that it's her. She writes for TV now. She writes for uh, Working Moms and Mr. D and stuff like that. Oh yeah, so smart. Like all, you could tell that it's just like completely uh, amazingly well conceived all the way through. Like all her, her, whenever I've seen her perform, I'm like, wow, this is like well thought out, well written, and amazingly executed. So yeah, definitely a huge shout out. Everyone, go check her out at Catho Phillips. I think on Twitter. yeah, she's yeah. clever as hell. Yeah, so you did a pretty good job. You landed a good one, I'd say. Yeah, uh, I uh, scored her, (laughs) and then uh, I I made her have a child, and uh, she's having another one of my children by this September. That's amazing. Congratulations to all of you uh, on the future delivery. That's very exciting. So you ready to do it all again? (laughs) I think it's going to get way more insane. So I've been exercising... I've been uh, working double hard to, like, you know, be a bigger comedian and successful comedian (laughs) and and also um, diet, you know. Diet is equally as important as the exercise, and that's what some people forget. Yeah, well, right now we're training. This is the most family-oriented episode you've ever done, eh? I hope so. (laughs) This is what happens when we do it at my house live. But, yeah, like... We we train Amy to have, like, she gets some Smarties if she pees in the potty right now. Mm-hmm. Classic reinforcement training. Yeah. I, yeah, everyone recommended it. But then classic uh, me having Smarties in the house, I just eat them all the time. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that is an issue. So that's been hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're just rewarding yourself for just being around. Yeah. I pee all the time, you know what I mean? Into the toilet. Yeah, I guess it's I guess it's only fair. That's what I say when I buy them at the store. <laughs> like we're doing I buy Smarties the... at the store, I'm like, 
I'm, I deserve these because I peed in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice yeah. reward to have. Yeah, I mean, Smarties, Smarties are pretty good. Is that your uh, is that your daughter's favorite? You'd say? Um, I don't know if she knows many other options, but yeah. So that's oh, really? the <laughs> yeah limited uh, also, limited there's, options. Is there any American listeners? They're like sort of like imagine M and M's, but a bit more uh, variation in color. Right. Yeah. Sort of a different chocolate. You know, there's different chocolates. I, I forget that they're so they're Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have something else that's they call uh, Smarties, right? Like they think those are like sweet tarts or something. It's like messed oh, up. Yeah, I don't know. They're probably called dummies. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Americans, uh-huh. um, if you're listening right now, can you please tell Trump to leave our prime minister alone? This is so sad. <laughs> yes, yeah, breaking news. It's a G7 summit and tr- Trump. Is obviously <laughs> laying the smack down on po- yeah. our poor little Justin Trudeau. Just he said our prime minister is weak. Oh my god! Yeah, didn't he see? Hasn't he seen the socks? Yeah, the socks were huge. Our prime minister is well, he's not cool, but he's stylish. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's out there. He's handsome at least. <laughs> this is the most political and family oriented. I feel. <laughs> out of all the podcasts, this, most, this episode for you is the most. Man, my guest is forty episode. I love the my guest is forty episode, or even older. You're not the oldest. We've had older. Uh, ones. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I just turned forty a few months ago, and I'm like coming to grips with it. So I, I might mention it is a that, bit more. Right. Yeah. So it's like, did did you have like a big over the hill party and stuff? Because that was like, I remembered that happening for like my parents and stuff. And <laughs> I was like, ah, uh. that's funny. No, I actually. I thought, okay, 40, I got to go big because I don't do birthdays. Like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. And um, by the time it came, I was like, no, I still don't care. It's weird. <laughs> well, I think that's good that you maintained your ch- pretty chillness about it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe that's bad. Maybe but, I've lost But now spirits. it's sinking in, right? Like a little bit of time has passed. You've been able to sit with it for a bit. Yeah, when I'm older, my children will be like, what did you do for your big 40th birthday? And I'll be like, I don't know, I probably like ate chips. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay. Case closed, yeah. You can be 40 these days and still, you know, be youthful, right? Like 40 is the new 30, and then they, aren't we moving it down a decade yeah. now? <laughs> I'm young as hell in my head, but that's like more like now I almost wonder if it's a problem, you know? <laughs> right. Like, the state of arrested development. Like, you know, when people are like, I'm 40, but I feel 18. Like, in a way, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, feel 40 and get your life together. Yeah. Quit going surfing all the time. <laughs> yeah, man. Hang 10. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's weird. But being a comedian, I don't know. You can't, like, be all serious and mature. I don't know. You, you know what? It's like, I was talking to my, uh, Kathleen about this the other day, actually, if you don't mind me digressing for a sec. But for some reason, I was like, what were my parents like? And I remember going out in a sailboat when I was a kid with some family friends. And all the adults were like, wee, and having a great time. So it's like, <laughs> who who would be like, you know, on that sailboat, like, you're not acting your age. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think you're supposed to still have fun all the time. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. You're supposed to. You hit a certain age, and like that's the age that you sort of stay mentally, and whatever age that is, it still wants to to have a good time. Yeah, well, we all, I guess, grew up with. Um, we can all think of probably friends that were like acting forty in high school, right? Yeah, I had a friend like that. 
I had a friend that would be like, I can't party this weekend. I have to, we're redoing the kitchen, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you'd be like, what? You're 15. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. let's get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and those kids ended up with like, I can't go out. I can't sneak out of the house tonight. I have to get a bunch of bills ready you know yeah like back in the old days when you had to fill out forms to pay bills and stuff yeah no seriously man the real old days (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's actually really true (laughs) a friend of mine was always like doing dad stuff at like in his teens and he's still like that he still is doing dad stuff he never he didn't regress to like doing teen stuff shout out to Craig. Yeah, shout out to Greg. Shout out. <laughs> what up, Greg? What up? I love giving shout outs, so at any time, be sure to yeah. sh- shout out what, any and all people. What's up, Greg? Are you busy? <laughs> Greg, <laughs> give us a shout. <laughs> this is live. Um, yeah, you busy with something? Um, <laughs> I guess that brings us to... Oh, wait, no. One thing I want to mention. I was looking, uh, like, Googled Chris Locke. And this thing that came up is this 2005 movie, Personal Effects. Have you ever heard of this? No. So it's Am a, I in it? Yeah, well, you, you're like a character in it. It's, uh, the I guess this character's name is Chris Locke. <laughs> like the uh-huh. description is like, unreliable Chris Locke disappeared years ago from his last job as stock manager in one of KFC's warehouses. His sister, a lawyer, never investigated until a corpse is found in a crash car uh, like what what's happening what's with called? this uh personal effects and but you'll never guess who plays chris Locke. penelope ann miller yeah that's who started that's the title that's your sister um Whoa. look look who plays chris Locke. oh sick <laughs> starship troopers and what else sleepy hollow yeah casper van dean casper van dean Tarzan in the Lost City. I never saw that one. 3.9 out of 10. Damn. <laughs> he, he was going to be big. He was going to be big. What he happened? Was he was one of those. Buddy. He was oh too, my God. Burned too bright. Locke suffered the same fate. <laughs> You're yeah, all going to be big in the mid-2000s. That's pretty funny. I mean, look at those chiseled, that chiseled jawline. Are you on Casper Van Dien's IMDb? It's all <laughs> yeah, him yeah. looking super serious in all of his headshots. <laughs> I feel like he was in a modern movie that I saw recently, and he still looked uh, handsome. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I mean, was it? Let me see. It looks like he's still working. He's got a lot in post-production here. Yeah. Oh, wait. he's Oh, he's still voicing like Starship Troopers stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess there's like cartoons and, and whatnot. But yeah, pretty, pretty neat that uh, he played Chris Locke in a movie. He acts... He's busy. He's constantly working. Yeah, he's out there. He's he's doing it. Let's say shout out to Casper Van Dien. What's up? <laughs> Get at Thanks us. Thanks for playing me in that movie. Yeah, I guess I got to see that now. Guess I got to see this movie. <laughs> Actually, there's a big dip here. Huh? This is he curious to me. He took a break. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Oh, no, maybe it's a TV show. Oh, he was on a TV show? Oh, I'm 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 cynical. I instantly went to like, oh, there's a few years out there where he was dealing with his addiction, <laughs> yeah. assuming he had an addiction. But no, it looked like it was just a TV show that was doing well for a while. So there you go. It doesn't pay to be cynical all the time. Wow. Yeah, he played Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat Legacy, the TV series. 
He was in <laughs> Sharktopus versus Werewolf. Yeah. So that's pretty probably good. Probably still looks good in that. That's probably a good one. Looks like he played himself in a TV miniseries. It'd be funny if he was being interviewed, um, you know, for his, like, history of film, and he's just like, um, well, I was good looking in Sharktopus or whatever. <laughs> um, I was good looking in the Mortal Kombat series. Definitely like, good looking in Starship Troopers. It's in his PR agreement that he has to mention that he was good looking in all the movies. The elephant in the room, right? Whenever he's with, he's in a room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Required. To I was in. That. Yeah, he's like, I was in Hawaii Five O, and then everyone looks at him like, and, <laughs> and he's like, and I was good looking in that one. I'm really jealous of handsome actors. I mean, it's understandable. They seemingly have it all. Yeah, but then, then you know, can they tell a crappy joke? <laughs> ah, that's the true test of a man. <laughs> when a person is really handsome and super funny, then I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, it's like, you know how hard I had to craft this crap just to, like, make <laughs> girls like me and have my children? Hey, it worked. I know. All right. Trap. All right, well, let's keep this thing going and the story that you're going to share with us. Oh, is it not going? Uh, it was called Subway to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to edit out all my digressions? Don't. Keep no, no, no. Way. I'm keeping it hella real. Right? If you're listening, <laughs> what's up? Don't you like how you never know what's coming next? You know, you, you got to keep it live. Yeah, I got a story to tell, but when am I going to tell it? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we, we could have already started it, but no. How many listeners uh, do you have? Are they freaking out right now? All the listeners are going nuts. This is the penultimate uh, episode. I haven't mentioned it yet, but this is the second last episode. So, yeah, you were Why? sort of on my, on my huge bucket list. Oh, uh, you know, I'm going to keep doing stuff, but it'll be the end of this uh, sort of iteration of the show. You know? Oh... Yeah, so that's the breaking news. It just got real on the podcast. <laughs> Only real. This is the realest episode you've ever done. This, and that's exactly right. I want to be more real. So in the next podcast, guess how real it's going to be? It's going to be unedited or even more edited than this one. And you're not going to send questions first. I will not. No, there's none of that crap. The people don't have to, you know, fill out a form <laughs> to come on the podcast. I don't do that for Utopia to me. That's very smart. And I learned that early on, but I stuck with it <laughs> all the way through to the end. And hopefully one more person fill, uh, fills out the form and then <laughs> no more forms. <laughs> That's what you're actually like rebranding as, no more forms. <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm going to interrupt you because none of you guys can see this who's listening and you. But there, I can see a balcony. Uh, like, you know, I can see a building outside of my window because we're we're in Bai Park with a ton of like buildings. Oh crap! If there's a crazy stalker, don't come looking for me. Anyways, and I don't think you would. But or don't you know? Anyway. Oh, now you I, want me to edit stuff out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you my exact address, but don't you dare show up. But the thing is, is I can see someone standing, looking right across, and I swear. Do you guys know? Do you know Skeletor from He Man? Yes. That's who it looks like, and it's freaking me out. Like a genuine. Skeletor thing is looking at me. Does it have the purple? Like the purple hood and... Actually really freaking me out. Yeah, it's like a glowing skull with a hood over it. <laughs> that is Skeletor. Yeah, but it's like in the distance, so I can't tell if, I, if that's really what it is or if it's just like 
a yellow clock with a blanket over it. <laughs> Does it have a huge staff or like a purpley sword? No staff, no sword, mm. no cackle is emitting from it. <laughs> right. Um, no electric powers and no uh, giant yeah, snake castle behind it. It's a genuine like apartment. It hasn't moved in a while. I think I'm. I think it's like one of those cases where I'm looking at like a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a blanket. Okay, funny story. So I'm not, my smooth transition into my story now. That was a cool segue. Yeah, that was another story. One time, this is totally true. I was taking the subway and it was the winter, and the old man was on it, like classic old man with white hair, and. Uh, just as the subway started moving, he looks over at me and goes, I hope this subway goes to Hawaii. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. That like, is a, a classic old man thing. Yeah, he's right. It's almost like if, like, Groucho Marx was never famous and he just hung around regular people. <laughs> yeah, just, like, saying his witticisms just to no one and everyone. Yeah. yeah. It, it was really enjoyable. I like... Uh, funny people that are just funny for real. Like, here's another thing I've been thinking about a lot lately. A lot of people in the world now that I feel they should know, and maybe I've been doing it long enough that I can be the jerk to say it, but just because you say you're a comedian doesn't mean you're the funny or the funniest person, right? Don't you find that crazy how everyone's instantly saying they're a comedian these days, but then there's so many regular people out there that are just, like, super funny all the time? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of not fair, and there should be a word for it, like funny non-comedians who are just really funny, but will yeah. never like do comedy, but they are, if you ever meet them in real life, they'll make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, funny guys. Funny yeah, funny, gal. funny people, uh, no, I don't know, yeah, there should be a word. Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of quote-unquote comedians that, like, are very not funny. Well, the self-purported and, uh, not to be a comedian, jerk, I mean, right? stick it with it, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a little a big thing also in the comedy community. Like, when can you call yourself a comedian? Who's calling themselves a comedian? Are you a comedian? Like, do a couple open mics. Are you a comedian? <laughs> when, is, when do you get your badge? There's no, it's really gray area and everyone loves arguing about it. So I think it's it's really interesting to to, to hear what, like, you, a comedian, <laughs> thinks about that. I think I was genuinely very nervous for, like, years to tell anyone as a comedian, you know? Until, like, I don't know, you go on TV or, like, a club starts paying you or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Credit or, uh, yeah, paying gigs. Like, you're making your way with it. I think that's the... There's definitely people in Toronto that teach, like, comedy classes that have never been, like, paid for it or been, like, a headliner or anything. That's so interesting. How do you get that job? Yeah, I'm like, not bringing that up to be a jerk. I'm bringing it up because, yes, yeah, I have the same feeling as you. Like, haha, that's interesting slash crazy, maybe? It's maybe crazy because, well, I mean, yes, it's crazy. But <laughs> but, but maybe there's no there's not a, like a really uh, anyone better who's, you know, submitted an application <laughs> to be that professor of comedy, you know? Yeah. You never know, but it is really interesting. <laughs> sort of the the classic. Uh, what did they say? Those who can't do, yeah, teach. Right. Yeah, guess it happens. Who knows? I'll probably become a teacher like, like tomorrow. You would have definitely have some 
very specific rules. <laughs> yeah, my rule would be like no rules, but you have to be sort of dumb. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Make it like your pod. What what is your utopian classroom? <laughs> I really don't think you can teach it. You know, it's just one of those things with like experience. That's it. You just learn from because because if someone else is teaching you, you're sort of like I don't know. Comedy is one of those things where. You won't be your own voice in it until you actually go do it. Now I am genuinely trying to teach it. <laughs> now we're to, now we're to the advice portion of the podcast. What other what are your yeah. other top advice? If someone's like, "All right, what are your top three bullet point advice points?" You got to do it. That's oh what. right, um, just do it as yeah. much as possible. <laughs> uh-huh. Good one. Don't worry about rules and uh, just uh, have fun. Like make yourself laugh. You know what I mean? That, oh, those are those are some great points. So. To our American listeners, <laughs> listen up. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> to our American listeners, um, see how nice Canadians are? This is true wisdom from north of the border to you. Canadians are so strong. <laughs> and yet so, yeah, so, so so soft, yet so strong. <laughs> All right, well, let's then get in to Talkin' Twitter. This is a Twitter-based podcast, and so we do a little talking about Twitter. So it looks to me like, clickety-clack, you've been on Twitter since June 2009. Wow, those are the real old days of Twitter. What were you doing back in those days on Twitter? Were you doing hashtags? Were you just doing, like... Um, yeah, I was doing hashtag jokes. <laughs> doing, like, on my way to brunch. <laughs> just, like, Facebook yeah, status I stuff. I was seeing, like... Actually, I could probably... You know what? Oh, no, I don't have it. But I, I requested my thing. Oh, your uh, Twitter log with all your tweets? Yeah, but I don't have it on this computer anymore. I put it on a hard drive. Oh, that's okay. It's still somewhere. Your CSV? I think you can still request it. You can request an updated one. Wait, actually, let me just check something for a sec. Because, yeah, I think I came up guns blazing on Twitter, and it was really stupid. And it's funny when you go back now, like, you'll have this joke that you think is, oh, you know what else is funny? You'll, uh... Oh, wait, it's called the archive, right? Yeah. But yeah, one thing that I think is funny about old Twitter is you'll have these jokes that are genuinely good, or so you think, and then they've got no likes whatsoever. But that's just what Twitter was. You just let stuff with no likes just sit there. Whereas now it's like, <laughs> if you don't get five likes in one minute, you're like, this ha- this has got to go. <laughs> this is poison to my timeline. <laughs> yeah. How humiliating. Exactly. Yeah. Our listeners can relate to that. That feeling of no likes in five minutes. Uh Uh-oh. You left it up too long. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't even have, like, people have always said that I have a good Twitter account, but I don't have the followers to prove it, I don't think. Like, I'm less than 7,000. So it's like, come on, what are you talking about? That is definitely, um, Uh, I'm a victim of being Canadian. Yeah, I think so. It's a little weird because I think those 7,000 people are people who have seen you do comedy live in some sort, uh, right? Because that's sort of probably more how people would have heard of you Yeah, than, like, your, one of your tweets goes viral or something, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. but also, like, doesn't this bother you? Because I know you do well on Twitter. Doesn't it bother you when a tweet blows up? But yeah, like when a thing blows up and everybody's retweeting it, but then it's like, and you know that if they scan your thing, they'll find like funny ones, but they still don't end up following you. You're like, what the hell do you need? It's yeah. Getting the follows is, is very tough, right, Chris? Because it can't just be one good tweet. It has to be good stuff. Oh, 
Okay, I'm at more. 66, 73 now. That's your current that's followers? That's nine. So that's for sure. Just Yeah, you're right. Just I think I am funny on here, but I also think that that is your right from like touring as a comedian to the touring around and all that stuff. Yeah, because people know. They're like, oh, well, I saw this guy. He's funny check it you know then i'll for sure follow him because i know he's funny i've you know i've seen it with my own eyes right like kind of thing whereas on yeah. online it's sort of like they have to see a bunch of stuff before they're willing to to click that sweet sweet follow button right yeah and sometimes they're just looking for that follow back and then they're gonna unfollow in a couple weeks anyway so they never they weren't in yeah. it they weren't in it for you anyway it's definitely <laughs> turned into a brutal game <laughs> It's a numbers game, Chris, and it, yes, it is brutal. And I also have like felt hurt when uh, people I know have like unfollowed me, and I've actually like asked them like why. Yes. And then they say um, something mean. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> that, and that makes it not better, <laughs> but in fact, much worse. <laughs> Or they don't. They're like, give me a break. Who cares? Shut up. Get yeah, away. yeah. I think I'd, I don't know which one is better, the the hurtful, extra hurtful thing or the apathy, the who cares. Maybe who cares is better. Yeah, a big uh, comic out of L.A. that everyone would know, he stopped following me. And then I busted him on it because, you know, we've toured together. We've done a lot of shows together and stuff. And his whole thing was like, like man, I'm just trimming trimming it down and yeah. like you know everybody, everybody's getting upset like it's just a dumb it's just a game right who cares it's just like a video game yeah it is true then, he's trying to get the the ratio right you want to have a low the, number of people that you're following because that's cool and then a high number of people following you because that's also cool i know but it's like that's the thing it's like if it's just a dumb game like if you think it's dumb but you're still then, playing the game yeah if it's if it's that dumb then you should be following everybody back if they're not like a Russian bot or like a sex person or, or sex bot or whatever, you know, like if yeah. it's a real person, like maybe follow them back, check them out. If they're not tweeting jokes or something that you're interested to, then I get not following back. But I say give everybody a chance. That's the one thing. Yeah, that's why Joe Mandy was the best at it. Straight up bought a million followers and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I bought these followers. Who cares? And it was funny and he and like mind material from that. I saw him do stand up about that or whatever. And it was right about the time when he quit, like right after he quit Twitter. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, good good for him. <laughs> he's making a stand. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he was so good on Twitter too. So it's kind of a, it's a loss for us all, but a moral victory for Joe Mandy. Well, I remember listening to him on the best show and, hit, and Tom Sharpling was saying he was going off Twitter and you could tell that Joe Mandy was influenced. But now I think that Tom, I think Tom Sharpling's back. Oh, so he I couldn't do it. Like, he couldn't, Damn, man. Couldn't stay you away. Know? Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing I like about the old archive, though, is like you'll find this joke where you're like, wait, that's still super funny. But then you just copy it. But like no one saw it back then because you only had like 400 followers or something. But then you just copy and paste it and tweet it again, and then it blows up now in the future. Yeah, in yeah, timeless material will always be good, right? Like you could probably tweet stuff like, like a Steve Martin joke or something from yeah. like the old days, and it would still hold up, right? Like depending on who it is, like I'm sure, basically all of uh, all of Mitch Hedberg's <laughs> jokes would be are like amazing tweets, right? So yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like a funny joke. Is gonna is gonna stand the test. But of time. I do think the tone changed for what takes off on Twitter now. 
Like it used to be way more random. Um, like it used to be, you could just say something super random and it would take off. It didn't have to be as reference heavy, but now it has to be like the things that take off the most are reference heavy and like of the exact moment of that second. Yeah, it has to be really zeitgeist. Based. Like people are really like tweeting about like I almost learned news from like breaking news from jokes on Twitter first. Yes, it's that, that's true. You like see the meme and was like, oh, I guess something political happened. Yeah, it's like, haha, that's a funny joke. No, wait, did someone really <laughs> shoot up a school? Did that really happen? Oh my god, again? Yeah, yeah you're like, oh crap. So you got into Twitter. I'm gonna because in real life you're kind of shy. I think you're well. You're one of the very few and exclusive club of people who have seen me do stand up. There are like the dozen times that I did it. Uh, so I remember because uh, I talked to you after one of those show, like a show at the Ossington that I did, and you like gave me a nice compliment about a joke, and I was like, I think instead of like being like, oh my god, this like my one of my idols right now just said that my joke was good. I was instead of saying like thank you, I was like yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure you have no memory of that at all, but I was like, uh, it was a very important uh, thing for me, and I was completely freaked uh, out in the moment. <laughs> so, so you, do you think of yourself as like a funny guy, funny writer, but you got to just like more like write it, and like you think like the public version of it is kind of nerve wracking for you? Yeah, well, I think I mean at the time, like I was trying to do stand up, but it was like my one liners, my jokes from Twitter kind of thing that I was trying to push. But I think in real life, I would, <laughs> if I were to do it again, it would be more sort of like a talk, talkative style, not about, not uh, specifically super written one liners, but maybe some written ideas, but more like fleshed out in the moment kind of thing, you know? Right, but you are definitely obsessed with puns on twitter that is correct and all kinds of wordplay puns specifically yeah right not not yeah not yeah but do you find like i wonder if you could go back to stand-up because you've just mastered this one style of joking yeah so my all of my focus of writing was always you know uh the the wordplay but if i if i wanted to do it again i'd probably focus more on writing about uh you know real life (laughs) things that are happening Cause it's uh, this moped one is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's just a pun, right? And the thing, the that moped one, which is like my most popular tweet according to the numbers. Um, yeah. I remember I tweeted it at like the cottage. I was at the cottage, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is a thing." So tweeted it, boom. And uh, like one of the first likes was Mark Little, and I was like, "Oh, what?" Because I, I don't think I had ever gotten a like from him before, and I was like, "That is woof." Because you know, I had like the first couple minutes. I'm like, "Oh, this is stupid. Maybe I should delete it." And then that came in. I was like, "Oh no, this is good. I'll never delete this." I just and, retweeted it. Oh, thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, it ended up being my most popular tweet. So thank you, thank you for that. Uh, and shout out to Mark Little. <laughs> oh yeah, he's the he's one. He's got who a good Twitter action, but in Canada too. But he's also constantly in your face, like since the picnic face days. Yeah, he's definitely out there. Well, even since seven um, followers, he's got ten thousand more followers than me. What the hell am I gonna do? I gotta catch up. I'm screwed. Hey Chris, uh, Sean, oh, Sean, Sean Collins just, just retweeted it. <laughs> Jinx, and also thank you, thank you for the. Sean Collins is on a tear. He's de- definitely retweeting everything these days, but it's nice. It feels helpful. He's retweeting a lot, but you know he's amplifying. He's one of like the Canadian comedy legends. Uh, yeah. We should mention shout out to Sean Collins. 
yeah. ever since like corking the juice pigs days. I remember seeing that as a little kid. I was like, this is the best. Hilarious, yeah. hilarious stuff. Back in the 90s. Yeah, back in the 90s. And he's still doing it today. And that's what's so great. Yeah. Yeah. He's like kind of inspiration, but more of like um, just like. I don't know. What's the word? Like he made it seem okay to just go up there and riff and be silly. Yeah. His silliness, I think is what I really was attracted to when I saw him do it. Yeah. I mean, is a good stand up. Like is definitely a good stand up. but if you can go up there with nothing and riff and, and still like make it seem like a regular set, like any other day that, that was like for me in the two thousands in my twenties when I was like, that's when I was like, uh, that's the skill I want, I want more more than anything to have nothing and just kill you know yeah that's the that's the dream right like the pro the the jokes are just you <laughs> it's just yeah. the product is you so yeah I think that's that's what all the comedians and sort of performers are going for and yep. then you know Chris I think you're getting there I think you're pretty pretty on a on a good track oh thanks you're- yeah I've definitely done shows where it's like just riffing and it's a blast. Yes, uh, I think I've seen those shows, <laughs> and it's been a blast for the audience, too. We oh, just sweet. showed up and talked about, like, a raincoat you were wearing for 20 minutes. <laughs> like, okay. It's, he definitely did not write that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Uh, I wanted to ask you, too, about your, your Twitter. Now I'm interviewing you on your podcast. But there's a couple people that are, like, big joke players in the game. Now, sometimes are you, like, when you retweet it and give them love, are you like, yes, this joke is amazing, or are you playing the game a bit, if you catch my drift? Yeah, it's definitely a game of uh, so you're being like, Look, dude, promotion, I'm retweets for retweets, sort of, yeah, uh, yeah give and take. Uh, and I do think about it as like helping the community. Like, I won't retweet it if it's like very bad. Like, it has to meet a certain standard most of the time. Uh, but, but yeah, there was definitely a, a tit for tat of the retweeting um, tweets. But I do like um, when I retweet like my friends who might not get as much uh, love from just their normal followers and bump it into my thing, and then all of a sudden a big person who follows me retweets it and they get a they get some some great followers from it and grows their their voice and they can keep tweeting more hilarious jokes and the cycle continues yeah yeah because i know like there uh, i think some of those like big popular tweeters follow me on twitter and um i will i'll see them like like a really good joke that i did but they just um, they, but then they don't retweet it. But then what the stuff I do see them retweet, I'm like, oh screw you! You're just playing the game. Yeah, yeah. Because my jokes are like true. ten times better than that crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, that but could be a part like, of the game. Yeah, but it's a Twitter personality that they retweeted more than the joke being like killer. Yeah, they want to get that person's face in their feed. <laughs> Some people are like, oh yeah, they're yeah, they're friends like, with look, the big I gave account. You love, yeah. Give me love back. Yeah, yeah. But whenever I see uh, one of yours, I like definitely hitting that retweet button because <laughs> right. yes. you're one of my premium Twitter pals. Uh, you've been there since the OG days. So you're like yeah. the original, one of the top 300 <laughs> of the old follow list. Time. Yeah, You've stuck it out. You haven't unfollowed me. And for that, Chris, I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. 
Whoa, this is really funny. My favorite Bell and Sebastian songs are Be Our Guest and Under the Sea, respectively. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes I just don't like, okay, so you want to hear the bad thing? Yes. Maybe this is my problem with Twitter. And everyone listening in America, no, I'm just joking. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, I think that, like, I usually have my laptop open during the day, but I'm trying to, like, write other jokes for real in real life. But then my Twitter is not, it's the tab is not open on the home page. It's open on my notification page because mm. greedy. I'm just waiting for notifications. Right. So if you had it on the home page, it would tell you. Stuff. Maybe I'm not getting as much love as I should, and I'm just being selfish with the game. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying, and I did go through that where I was like just so like refreshing notifications. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Sorry. No, yeah, that's. I'm just. I, I get what you're saying about. I, I like was went through a time where I would just refresh notifications and only care about that. But then I went through, through moved forward and <laughs> became a better Twitter user and sort of only you know I, I get notifications sometimes, but. Most of the time it's off, and just when I check Twitter, that's when I can check notifications kind of thing. You know, you gotta. Yeah. I was able to compartmentalize that part of it uh, a little bit, but I used to be pretty bad <laughs> in checking. Yeah, I'm like that too, because I don't, it's like half and half. It's like, I don't, I tell myself I don't take it seriously, but I freaking do, man. And for you and other comedians and public personas, it's sort of, now it's just sort of like, yep, you got to be tweeting also. Sorry if you thought you could just like be a touring comedian. But no, now you need to also have social media and be like, have funny Instagram stories or a funny Twitter feed or like funny Facebook stuff or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's kind of nuts. I, I get what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. People definitely now will cast people in like shows and movies and stuff or book people for shows if they think that they are an influencer, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. It's a, the media landscape has changed. Like, I know you've heard probably people gripe about this before, but like YouTube stars get to like do galas at just for laughs and stuff like that. Yeah. It's questionable, but they have a, yeah, the following, the right? Gonna... Headliners that are killerly funny every time, but it's like, they won't get it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like who's going to sell the tickets, right? Is it the person who has a million YouTube followers? Maybe. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like you got to be a jack of all trades, but that's cool, man. Like, why not have it like be hard work and work your butt off? I don't know. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. It's it's part of it for a reason. And uh, yeah, it's just interesting how it's changing. All right. So let's talk about the Twitter. Have you uh, had any f- cool or most memorable interactions on there? Well, I picked that Jim Carrey quote because I did go on a tear for a bit, like a month or two ago, where I was trying to get his attention to paint my portrait. Yeah, are you referring to the hashtag Jim Paint Chris movement? <laughs> yeah, actually, a lot of it picked up for a little bit there for a few weeks, and that was really cool. And and here in Canada, like, exclaimed in an article about it, and I went on a bunch of radio shows to talk about it. <laughs> That's really cool. Which is weird because it's like, I, I guess I secretly got to just promote myself, but they're, they're interested just because of the name Jim Carrey. But, like, it kind of took off for a bit. And uh, people, like, and then other people, strangers, like, painted my portrait, and it was really nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's some good ones up there. I put some on Instagram, which is the same as my Twitter, at Chris Lock Fun, but, like, Jim Carrey never got back to me. But then also, 
And and of course, like I'm doing it for a, like a lark. Like I'm taking the piss out of like Twitter in a way. You know what I mean? And his, yeah, his painting maybe a little bit. <laughs> you can see it. And maybe a bit, yeah, because he's like he's clearly like I'm making political statements with, with uh, his paintings. Yeah, yeah, they're like insane, and he's insane now. And I kind of like. But to be honest, because I grew up with him, literally, like, you know, started watching Living Color in, like, 1990, and, you know, he blew me away right away, and then, of course, saw all his movies until they got really serious and weird. (laughs) Yeah, what was the turning point, you think? It was the 23 movie? Did you see that one? No, it was before that. I would say I I remember seeing the trailer for this one called The Majestic. Okay, yeah, yeah, the uh, old-timey movie theater one. Yeah, I'm like, I'm out. That was the turning point. It's been hard ever since then. I don't remember a movie I've seen with him since that. Yeah, he definitely had a heyday. (laughs) I'm that now because I've been, like, counting them to paint my picture. But also, like, he went insane and, like, he clearly, no, I mean, we all are insane. We're all insane. And he's in the public eye for so long, you know, it's a different world. And I'm 100%, that's what I like about it. Like, I, you know, for some reason, if some, in space and time, somehow he heard this, I would want him to know that I genuinely like that. I like being out of, I like, I think more people need to be out of control and open with their like, you know, feelings and honesty and stuff. But I also think that like, like I think Hollywood, especially like, cause he says crazy things about Hollywood and I think that's really fun, you know? Yeah. But I also feel like speaking of like, we were talking about in the beginning, like being stuck in sort of like, cases of arrested development <laughs> like he seems to have like gone back to this sort of childish sort of like teen angsty sort of like with his drawings like he's doing these marker scribblings of like headlines of the day and he's it's good he's like slandering people that suck <laughs> yeah. that are definitely like shitty and like screwing up the world but it's like but also it's I don't know I don't want to be mean but you know what I mean <laughs> it's a very complicated situation but all we're trying to say is Jim Carrey if you're listening paint Chris <laughs> paint his yeah, portrait and if you're listening uh, definitely signal boost that the link to that tweet is in the show notes so retweet that one it's over oh, five, 500 people tried to help me and some big names helped me I think Kristen the biggest name may have been Chris, Kristen Shaw actually retweeted it oh that's awesome yeah, and uh, Kurt Brownoller and... The whole hot tub crew. Yeah, lots of people. It was really nice. That's amazing. Uh, oh, Scott Rangowski from the HQ Trivia. The, what's his, what are all his nicknames? <laughs> I don't know. They're amazing, though. I love it. Uh, yeah, I love, uh, Scott's great. Everyone check out HQ Trivia. <laughs> yeah, so the weird thing is, is like a bunch of us have known Scott for like 10 years. Um, cause he used to come up here from New York to watch our shows cause he was a fan of our comedy, like way back up here. And then if I'd go to New York, I'd like crash at his place and stuff. Yeah. I think actually he, he saw me do <laughs> that show at the Ossington. I think that same oh. one that I mentioned and he followed me on Twitter and yeah, so I've known about him also since then. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So there you go. And now he's all of a sudden this celeb and it's like the funniest thing. I hope <laughs> yeah. When he's on like good morning America, I was like, Oh, that, that's cool. That's insane. Yeah, I want him to become the new Alex Trebek or something. I mean, speaking of friends who became popular, you did a video that's one of my favorite videos uh, with Nathan Fielder um, as uh, Side of Smooth. 
<laughs> morning yeah. walk. Uh, it's it's amazing. And I have the link in the show notes. So stop the pause the podcast, watch the video, then get back here. <laughs> yeah, that's about 10, over 10 years old now. 2007 maybe. Pretty sweet. And I was going to, Nathan and I made a series of shorts called These Moments 2. And that were popular in the city around that time, like 2006, 2007. And then we, there's the Drake Hotel used to do this thing called Artists in Residence. And they gave both of us this big artist room. And so we could create whatever we want. We made a lot of weird, funny stuff. In fact, he was back in Toronto a few months ago and showed me, showed a bunch of us like some of those videos we made. And like no one's seen them, but they're so funny and so good. So he has actually like a huge archive of crazy experimental stuff from back then. But that morning walk thing, I was going to – because do you remember the rapper Chaos? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So he used to hang out at the Drake all the time and his crab bucket video was kind of popular. <laughs> yeah, put the crab in the bucket. Yeah. So there's a part of me where it's like I could just film myself walking around the city, but I can't rap. So maybe I'll just do <laughs> – like cool movements. <laughs> yeah, cool movements and just do like gibberish like scat nonsense. But then it'll be but then so I almost made it myself and then while I was in the middle of making it, Nathan came in and heard it and he was just like, Can I do that too? You know? <laughs> and then and then he laid down his verse and then of course he steals the show in the video and yeah, now, the it's, video. Like, <laughs> and now like, it's like a Nathan Fielder video. Yeah, he does steal the show is in the in the audio he's super animated uh and then in the video he's super stoic. <laughs> so it just does yeah. it. It's so incongruous, it's really funny. Yeah, you can't beat his deadpan. Yeah, incredibly deadpan, but <laughs> it clearly the audio recording of that was anything but. Yeah. Zip zap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all great. Did you know that there's a lyric video now? Did you have you watched that? No. Uh so someone put like their own interpretation of lyrics up, so That's awesome. Fans. Uh, yeah, go check it out. Oh, and there was a comment. I looked through the comments. You're not supposed to normally, but there was a funny thing. Uh Rich three years ago says, Guy in the tan coat is a baller. <laughs> oh sick. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, I don't really read like especially the all the stuff I made with Nathan is popular now, so I don't like read a lot of the comments now cuz they're usually like who's the fat loser. <laughs> but, YouTube uh, comments being negative, what? Yeah, yeah. I know it doesn't like I shouldn't take it personally, but you can't it plants that seed, you know. Oh yeah, I I think you're right to not check. <laughs> but but that's why I'm only bringing you the positive one, positive ones from uh the guy in the <laughs> tan coat is baller. <laughs> So glad I'm a baller. And I can't like deny that I've definitely gotten some fans through them discovering me through Nathan, for sure, which is really nice. That is very nice. And obviously, it's great uh, that you guys are still friends and he hasn't uh, abandoned you. <laughs> yeah, no, I just stayed with him in March at his place in uh, Silver Lake in L.A. And like it's as far as I can tell, it's the same old Nathan. That's great. He's just super smart and super like he's a workaholic and he just uh, literally wants to work and make funny stuff. And yeah, he's like obviously clearly very good at it. Yeah, he's doing it and it's very funny. Uh, I think he did something this week about the Emmys, <laughs> like hacking, oh, yeah, hacking the Emmys. Uh, yeah. So listeners, check him out. Nathan Fielder. <laughs> Shout out.
Yeah, he warns the Emmys that their uh, voting could be hacked. (laughs) (laughs) And then it gets funnier from there. Very good. Okay, uh, so a couple more Twitter questions here. Who would be your dream follow back? Um, I don't know. Like, maybe Jim Carrey. That's exactly what I was... uh, (laughs) Jim Carrey only, like... There were, like, you know... He only follows his daughter, so you really got to chip away there. Um, <laughs> got to become also, friends with his daughter and be like, hey, can you put my put a word in? Well, I follow her for sure. And people, other people that were like psyched about the Jim Payne Chris thing tweeted at her. And uh, you know what? Yeah, this is going to sound corny, but I feel like a lot of people that were really trying to make it happen had this Canadian pride about it. Uh, everybody kept telling me that this would be the best thing ever if he painted your picture. It would be very because, Canadian, yes. Like, they thought it would be good for them, too, which is interesting to me. I'm like, what? why is everybody else so psyched about this? Because I just did it as a joke one morning, and then it took off, right? But then... Um, Became a point yeah, of national pride. Some, like, Canadian boy does good, yeah. gets, like, screwed over. Like, Hollywood makes him nuts. Maybe he can make a connection back to like another Canadian comedian that's just like dicking around here in Canada. Just think of how viral that would have gone. I know. Jim, if you're listening, the offer still stands. Even like if I comment on one of his paintings or like marker scribblings now, his (laughs) political markerings, they get like 60 likes or something. You're like, what? Why do you like this? Uh, On Instagram? (laughs) It's under his tweet. It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a great answer. And my final question about Twitter for you here is, who would be your ultimate dream follow back? And now this is any person, real or fictional, living or dead. Oh, any ever? Yeah, any ever. Um, you just have to assume that they have Twitter. Um, Alive or dead. And they would follow me? Or real or fictional. Could also be a made up person. Man, that's too... I, <laughs> it's too hard to just come up with... I mean, I don't know. I, what about Yoda? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I keep thinking of Henry Miller for some reason. He's an author that changed my life when I was like 21. He only moved to Paris when he was 40 uh, with like, quote unquote, $5 under in his pocket. And then he got into the art scene there. And that's when he wrote Tropic of Cancer, like his biggest book. Oh, wow. So yeah, there's a part of me where it's like, even when I was like 21, I was like, man, if this guy can like basically be a bum and write this crazy artistic book, you know, and now I'm 40 and I've got like a family. <laughs> I don't know. But it's just like it was romantic at the time. So, yeah, his name pops up in my head a lot as like a influence or something. But I will say if you are like listening and you're like Henry Miller, hmm, Tropic of Cancer, if you read it, it does have some dated content if you catch my drift. Okay, there's some problematic, there's some issues. <laughs> Definitely, it's very artistic and beautifully written, but yeah, modern times, there's some problematic uh, subject matter sometimes. Well, that's a great trigger warning, so thank you for that, Chris. <laughs> hey, I'm proud of myself for remembering to say that. Even. That's really good, <laughs> really progressive uh, attitude. And um, <laughs> it's so, always- yeah, imagine Henry Miller followed me back on Twitter, that'd be crazy. Henry Miller, that's what it is. You think he would get at Henry Miller? It's a pretty common name. He'd probably have to probably have to be like Henry underscore Miller author or something. I don't know. I don't see a straight up Henry Miller. So Ghost of Henry Miller, if you're listening, snap that up. 
<laughs> yeah, waiting for you. All right, and now we get into the tweets. Burr, 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 burr. So the tweets that the tweet of your own that you have selected at, uh, from the account at Chris Lock Fun is this one. Twitter is like reading all of the voices Professor X can hear. <laughs> I thought that was perfect. It's like the the perfect definition of what Twitter is. Should I retweet this now to see if it gets action again? We could. It's a good one. I think it's a good one. Is that greedy of me? No, I do it all the time. But maybe it is greedy, but I do it all the time. No, I think you're the one, I actually think you're the one that influenced me to do that. Yeah, I... Because I, now like, I do that with one... Like you, I'm. you might have been... Uh, apprehensive to do it uh, to retweet yourself but once you get over that whatever apprehension it's a whole new world yeah who cares it's just a video game Sean Collins retweeted it too oh sorry I'm cutting you off because it's I think it's Sean retweeted it now too see I'm telling you he's into Twitter hard these days this is the zeitgeist that was the moment people were thinking about it yeah but it's a great tweet. I think we can move on to my pick from Chris's tweets. And oh. it is this. I just started petting my folded up sweatpants on the bed because I thought it was my cat. <laughs> Sometimes the best jokes are just true. Just straight up real. And that that I could tell was a real life Chris Lockism. <laughs> because yeah. we sh- we haven't mentioned it, but we should mention that you love cats. You're a cat guy. Yeah, we have two cats, and they're like kind of our best friends over here. Yeah, so yeah. shout out to the cats. Shout out to Bernadette and Wolfman. Boop, boop, boom. Shout out to Bernadette and Wolfman. <laughs> I love those. Love those names. And yeah. they're good cats. Yeah. All right, now we get into your picks from others. And this includes a list of some of my favorites. Yeah. I'm talking about Aaron Eves. This yeah, other killer tweet. Canadian comedians. So Aaron so is on a kick right now where he's saying that everything is just like tumbleweed. I think he's making a point about Twitter. But <laughs> this one is from a few years ago. and uh, But this is like, you know, I have a million favorites from Aaron, but I felt like this one really summed up his sense of humor really well. So here it is. This is Aaron Eves. A finely worded tweet is like a wine that the older it gets, then it becomes more good. <laughs> <laughs> also one of my favorite Aaron Eves tweets. Uh, yeah, and he's he's one of the funniest guys that I've also seen perform, and uh, it translates online as well. So you yeah. got you to gotta check him out at Aaron Eves. And I think his other, uh, some of his other tweets have been uh, read on the podcast, so everyone, all the listeners should know. Oh, sweet. Definitely follow Aaron Eves. And then do you want me to say the Mike Balazzo one? Yeah, sure. Um, Mike Balazzo, he's not going through a Twitter is tumbleweed <laughs> phase. So follow, follow him now. He's joke. He puts out like probably 10 funny jokes a day. Yeah, he's very prolific. Uh, yeah, you should definitely follow him at M Balazzo, B-A-L-A-Z-O. And he's got a really dry, almost British, sardonic humor that is really sharp. This is his that I picked for this. Friday Night Plans. Hit the club, sip some drinks, talk to a beauty, spill state secrets, get arrested, trial, media circus, executed for treason. (laughs) (laughs) Executed for treason on your Friday night list. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. That's so those two, I think, for me, summarize 
like are not just crazy funny tweet, tweets, but they summarize the humor of Mike Balazzo and Aaron Eves uh, super succinctly. Yeah, great encapsulation of their uh, their senses of humor. Yeah, they're geniuses. Well, great picks. Everyone, go follow Aaron and Mike. And yeah. uh, now we get into everyone's favorite part of the show, questions from Twitter. So oh, they, yeah. I saw that some people <laughs> asked some, but I didn't get time to think about it. Oh, yeah, that's better. I like it when the you don't really see them before. <laughs> so okay. You don't think overthink it. Thank you to everyone who has sent in a question to at FOTSpod on Twitter. Really appreciate that. All right. Now, the first question comes to us from our anagram friend, Thomas Brendel, at The Solemn Bard. Now, this guy loves to anagram, uh, and he has anagrammed Chris Locke Fun into choleric funks. And the question is, do you have any stories of memorable illness? Um, I don't know. Shit. Okay, I okay. definitely yeah. remember <laughs> liking being sick for in the sense that I liked chicken noodle soup, and I liked not going to school, and I liked watching movies. I mean, yeah, those are a lot of pluses. <laughs> They're a lot of like, pros. Speaking of plus, I'd crumble up. I don't know if they're just Canadian or not, but premium I'd crumble up premium plus. plus crackers into my chicken noodle soup. Nom, 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 nom. That was my and favorite. And like uh, Batman how, Returns, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And I should, how many crackers did you what was the ratio of like crackers to soup? Because I made mine into some sort of like oatmeal-like mush. Like I put sort of like too many crackers in, so it absorbed all the soup. I don't know what. How many crackers did you put in? No, I was like three or four, and then we'll see how it goes from there. Right. I think I went on a crazy. Like it started with three or four, and then I just kept adding more and more <laughs> until the end. It had to be sort of a weird mushy consistency. That actually makes me kind of want to barf. <laughs> it was incredibly disgusting in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, I don't have as like. Luckily, I haven't had too crazy of an illness, but I do remember like being sick and run down and having like a you know like a bad cold or a flu or something, but then actually enjoying telling the world to stop for a sec and just getting all cozy and being a bum in the house. You know, I guess it's true. It kind of teaches you, you know, you got to take care of yourself. Practice yeah. a little bit of that self care everyone's talking about now. Got to wrap yourself in a blanket, get that chicken noodle soup and a few crackers or a too many crackers, however many crackers you want. And uh, yeah, watch a DVD of Friends. I guess what you would normally watch now is Netflix. What are you watching on Netflix these days, Chris? Um, I guess I just started that Staircase documentary from 2005. Mm, catching up on the doco scene. Yeah, it's one of those like murder trial things like making a murder thing. But it's like one. Of, it's the original. Oh, it's the cra- what started it all. Yeah. Very good. Um, but usually I watch anything Marvel. Oh, yeah. You're into all the Marvel um, shows? Caught up on all of them. And actually, I'll be honest, I paused Jessica Jones season two for like about a month in the middle of the season because I was like, I don't know about this one. And then like one night, about a month later, I got back into it and it really paid off. It's a really good season. Oh, that's great. Jessica Jones. Yeah, you got to stick with it. <laughs> yeah, stick with Jessica Jones, guys. They're just building the characters' arcs. <laughs> yeah. So the next question from Thomas was, uh, he anagrams it again into chronic flukes. And right. so the question is, uh, how about stories of surprising good luck? 
Any good luck stories? Um, well, sometimes when I was a kid, I didn't want to go to school, and then I'd get sick, and I'd get to stay in and watch movies with Sue. <laughs> and we have circled back. <laughs> um, shoot, let me think. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to tell when you got really lucky. I, I almost drowned in a yeah. pool when I was five, and then someone saved me. That's amazing. I was going to say near-death experiences are a good uh, <laughs> starting place for good luck. I'm glad yeah. it, glad you made it. Yeah, my friend's mom saved me, and then I said, wow, I'm lucky. I guess, yeah. So it was in a pool? or Yeah, it was in a pool, and I just walked in in the deep end without knowing about it. And then apparently she went to her son. She said, look, Christopher doesn't know how to swim, but he's giving it a shot. <laughs> And then she realized that I wasn't coming back up, and she was like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, shout out to her for realizing that. Yeah. Yikes. I don't even remember, like, who that family was, you know what I mean? It was, like, that small, but, like, thanks for saving my life. Wow. Yeah, definitely shout out to that uh, that mom. Yeah. Good instincts there. Pool safety. <laughs> All right, and thank you, Thomas, for sending those great questions. Uh, check them out yeah. for great jokes and anagrams on Twitter. This next question comes to us from friend of the show, Todd Williams at the Todd Williams, one of the best big Twitter names. And his question for you, Chris, is if you were abandoned nude in the forest, what would you do? What would you eat? Would you make a pair of shorts out of the sticks and leaves? Hmm. You know what? I would stay nude because that's close to my utopia, to be honest. Uh, would be being nude in the woods and being free. But yes, I do agree that it would get chilly. So you don't, I would find a cave and I would definitely make a cave comfortable with maybe some leaves and some, and some bushes and stuff like that. Um, but then I think really what I would do is I'd run around and climb on a bunch of rocks and I would probably howl at the moon like a wolf. Yeah, that sounds like, like great forest action. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you, Todd, for that great question. And I like, yeah, stay nude. And I think, <laughs> I think there's pictures online of that already. <laughs> yeah, actually, watch episode eight of Learning Nature with Chris Locke. Yeah, link in the show notes. Just click the link. Watch all those videos. If you're a nude wolf guy, <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing. All righty, the next question comes to us from the number one friend of the show, first ever episode, Jess. Okay, fine. At Jess. Okay, fine. And the lovely Jess asks, who are some of the people who you would consider to be the most influential on your sense of humor? Um, Mr. Show. Everyone from Mr. Show, 100%. Like Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Dave David Cross. Cross. Uh, Scott Ackerman? <laughs> no, I, sorry. I talked over you. We both said it oh. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. All those guys. Uh, Mr. Show, like, so the two things I watched the most in high school, for sure, was like the Richard Pryor Live um, so his first live stand-up video where he's wearing like the red shirt, I watched that over and over again. And, uh, obviously kids in the hall was big, but Mr. Show was the show. It just hit me at the right time when I was like a stoner at the end of high school where I was like, this is genuinely what I want to do. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All those guys. Bob, and the fact that Bob Odenkirk has transitioned and what he's doing now is like so amazing. It's amazing, yeah. Uh, his his work on Breaking Bad and then into Better Call Saul, it's yeah. uh, he really is doing it. He's great. Yeah, yeah, great to see that success. Shout out to Bob and David and the rest of the guys. Yeah. 
All right, next question comes to us from the unquestioned number one question asker for the podcast, Timmy at the Timmy Toes. And he asks, are you still friends with your first ever best friend? I think my first ever best friend, seriously, was the kid that his mom (laughs) saved me from drowning in the pool. Pool kid. Can't even remember. His name was Aaron. I do remember his name was Aaron, but that's it. I don't remember their last name. I was too young. We were like five. But yeah, Aaron was my best friend in the beaches. I used to live in the beaches in Toronto. Okay. And I almost drowned in a pool. His mom saved me. Isn't that crazy how like both that this memory has come up? But then, yeah, we didn't stay best friends, which is sad, but. Such is life. No, but then, uh, yeah, yeah. But but I, I definitely, a friend that I still hang out with all the time now. Um, to this day, we've Greg, who's my serious friend. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, you guys are learning so much. <laughs> but we've known each other since we were six. Yeah, that's that's long term. Yeah, man. That's over. So three Greg, decades. my super serious friend, who's not that serious to be honest, but like <laughs> was always like an older guy in his mind. Right. Um, we played tennis the other day. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, I love tennis. Yeah. Okay, and the second question from Timmy is, what is the worst punishment, in brackets, non-legal, you've ever received for bad behavior? So, non-legal. So it's non-legal. Like from like parents or parents, teachers or teachers, other authority figures. My mom really tried to discipline me once. She got mad at me, and she was like, out of options. I forget. I was maybe like 10 or something. But she's like, that's it. I'm going to... Um, do something that my mom did to me once. And then she made me lay out my, the palms of my hand. And then she hit me with a wooden spoon. Cause you know, that whole like, but it was like, it was really ginger guys. Don't even go there in your mind. <laughs> it was like, she was just trying to like scare me, but so it didn't, it didn't really hurt, but there was a tiny little nail in the wooden spoon loose and so it did cut my hand a little bit, but I'm saying again, it didn't really hurt me. And then when my mom saw that, she started crying, and I had to make her feel better. <laughs> I'm uh, so sorry. Don't report my, my no, mom. I'm no, no, 40. No. I'm fine. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's classic mom stuff. She was just trying to scare you. She was trying yeah. to say, like, look how much better you have it because I'm not whacking you with a slice spoon every day. Basically, yeah, like I literally obviously was never, or not obviously, you guys don't know, but I was, I did grow up in a very, and that's my problem. I had no discipline. I was like <laughs> a free psychopath all my life. And uh, yeah, she tried to scare me and show me discipline once, and then she ended up getting sad. <laughs> so it didn't really take. <laughs> no, and it didn't hurt my hands either, obviously. I remember I was probably too old anyways, and I was like, it's okay. Okay, mom, I'll be good. <laughs> oh, what a what a good boy. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, very good. The old spoon slap. So thank you very much, Timmy, for that. And the next question yeah, comes to us. Question. You got a real answer. <laughs> yeah. Next question comes to us from the aforementioned cousin of the show, Kyle Davidson at Kyle I. Davidson. This, the creator of the theme, the guy who said you were his favorite stand-up. These are the questions coming in. All right. First question. What has been your favorite Utopia to me episode so far? Oh, yeah. Um, That's Man, tough. that is hard. That's because so tough. They're all your babies. How do you so choose? Fun. 
Yeah, yeah. They're really so fun. I remember, I don't know, like I can tell you good moments for sure. Like it is, when Ian it is Gordon, with your top moments. Ian Gordon and I were like really buzzed off of matcha green tea during his. <laughs> and he told me the story of having to pull over on the highway because he had diarrhea, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I feel like it was around that. We, I was like, you know when you laugh so hard you think you're going to die? And that was a, <laughs> that. Was that. Um, that was a funny moment for me. But I've had a lot of those doing Utopia to me. I don't know. I really can't say. Well, I think that was a great answer. So there you go. We got more questions coming in here from Kyle. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a specific (laughs) beat of an episode, but I really laugh. You can hear us losing our minds. Yeah, everyone go check out, uh, first of all, Utopia to me and that uh, that episode, and you can hear the laughter. And I also want to reiterate that my mom didn't beat me or try to beat me, okay? Yeah, you're really couching. (laughs) You're really walking that back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel bad, like, for her, because she was like, I was it's okay, shit, Mrs. Yeah. Locke, if you're listening, we don't blame you for anything. We know you're just trying <laughs> to scare him. Yeah, and if you knew me as a kid, you wouldn't blame her either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The next question for Kyle is, where is the weirdest place you've done stand-up? Um, oh, God. You've probably done it of, in some weird places. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of some yuck yucks, one-nighters. <laughs> That were like you're standing on a carpet and like surrounded by old people that are eating like cranberry sauce. Um, <laughs> but I know there's weirder ones. There's, I know there's weirder ones. Um, you know what? I did this like. Well, no, I did stand up in the uh, Allen Gardens in Toronto. Oh yeah, that's cool. Arborarium or whatever. John McCurley um, used to. He's an artist here in Toronto. He used to run a show. I think with Amy Lamb. His our, his comedy partner called No Face No Problem, and they would do shows in random parts of the city. And then, so yeah, the very I did the very first one. This is like I don't know, a long time ago. And uh, yeah, it was like in the humid arborarium underneath some <laughs> tropical trees. <laughs> well, that's, that sounds very nice. Yeah, that was pretty sweet, actually. All right, the next question is, who was the most famous person that went to your high school? Oh yeah, I did see this one on Twitter, and I was trying to think of it, and it's like. Does it have to be like when I was there or in all time? No, I think all time. Stephen Harper. Stephen Harper? Yeah, man. Former Canadian prime minister? Yeah. And he's political not, guy? <laughs> he's not a, a Western good old boy like he plays it up. I mean, he he did end up going to college out there, I think, or university, and then did get into like the reform party or whatever the hell it was out there. But he went to high school in Etobicoke. Wow. Well, that's a pretty famous alum. Sorry, American listeners. <laughs> yeah. You might not know that one. Yeah, for Americans, if you watch the show Vikings, I went to school at the same time with um, Catherine Winnick, who is the female star of the show Vikings. Whoa, that is very cool. And for our Nordic, so Nordic listeners, too. <laughs> they probably like that one. Pardon? For our Nordic listeners, all those ones from Finland and Scandinavia. Yeah, Catherine Winnick. You want to, you want to know something secret about her? No, I can't say. Oh, what a tease. I Just, didn't really know her that well. She's really, really nice. Obviously really beautiful. But Yeah, so yeah. you were there at the same time. So you'd just be like, oh, there goes that beautiful person. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, and uh, the last question from Kyle is, 
why does four questions feel like too many? <laughs> and I think he got us there. Yeah, it is too many. You guys know too much about me now. I'm embarrassed. Also, leave questions. my mom alone. She was just trying her best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> all the cops who are listening, just chill out. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got a couple more questions here. We got a write-in question from our friend of the show, Jeff De Silva, coming to us from the middle of our country. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, he, his first question is jokingly, are you a light-skinned Indian? <laughs> because you have a, uh, you love Indian food. Yes, and Jeff is Indian. And that's the joke, so <laughs> it's just a joke. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to say that one. Um, but he does have a real question. Why did you shave your facial hair? What? Jeff, you don't like it? Oh, man. I don't know. I think probably I, just because he, he's a beard bro. Right? He like, has a thick beard, yeah. Very, yeah, thick and luscious facial But the thing hair. is, it's like everyone, like, okay, here's the issue I have. Man, this is too personal now. Well, actually, my daughter actually talked on this thing. This thing is like, this, can you just like time capsule this whole episode? <laughs> you like, better believe it. <laughs> it's like, like, well, memories, I'm going to listen to this before I die. But the thing is, is uh, I wanted to try clean shaven. And like, but everybody likes my mustache. Everybody likes my beard. So there's a weird insecure part of me, like that Jeff just tapped in <laughs> on. Where I'm like, man, people don't like my regular plain yogurt face. And so now I'm like insecure about it again. But I just shaved it because I don't know. One, I think like a lot of people are hiding behind beards now. You know? Mm, yes. Sometimes it feels like when you have facial hair. I know Jeff looks good in a beard, but sometimes it seems like when you have facial hair, you're like hiding behind an affectation. And I wanted to see how much I could like love myself with no uh, safety guard behind it. Chris, I think your face looks great and <laughs> I support your decision to be smooth shaven as someone who can't really grow a beard. <laughs> you got to say, you know, welcome over to smooth face side. Nice. Yeah, take that, Jeff. <laughs> no, Jeff, I love your beard too. I'm just jealous cuz I cannot uh I can't do it. So, it's And uh, Jeff, it's kind of if you're listening, Stephen Harper is not from your city. He's yeah. from <laughs> Ontario. Just setting the record straight. CBC if you're listening. This is a scoop. I've done comedy shows with Jeff out in Calgary. Really funny, really nice guy. Yeah, he's great. Uh, everyone should go definitely check out his episode, too. Uh, <laughs> we had a lot of fun. It's really fun talking to oh. him. All right, so we got a final question here, and it's from wife of the show, Kat. And her question is, what's the best meal you've ever had? Wow. These are so, you know, these all these questions would be easier if I was still 21 years old. But I'm... <laughs> I've had so many experiences, um, so many good meals. Oh, man, my mouth is watering just thinking of like, well, Jeff hit on it. I know what his joke was about because I constantly talk about Indian food and I'm clearly like a huge fan of that. I even have like jokes about it. But yeah, so right now I'm thinking I got to give a shout out at least to Benjara, the Indian restaurant by Christy Pitts here in Toronto that even just had a fire a few months ago and they bounced back from that because every like they're so popular oh that's great uh, but yeah i would say one time nathan fielder uh tim mcauliffe who was a writer on last man on earth in the office and i <clears throat> and uh, uh my girlfriend at the time ashley we were in washington dc because the three of us 
we're writing a movie for Nathan, which is like, you know, I don't know. He, I don't think it's out there right now. <laughs> it was kind of a wild time, but we had, they were, we had per diems in Washington DC, which is, you know, they got like, we had a ton of money that they'd give us every day for meals. And we saved some up and went out and did it up in Washington DC. And I always remember that we had like oysters and steaks and it was just like, you know, where like politicians dine and stuff, you know? Oh yeah. So you went to a fancy place and lived like politicians. <laughs> in Washington DC where like, if you've ever been there, it's like in the middle of it, you know, not the outskirts where it's like, it's really actually a sad city the more you explore. But in the middle there, it is like ancient Rome or something where it's like the, you know, they get like fresh fish flown in from like the Caribbean like that morning for their meals and stuff. Like it's really super indulgent and actually feels insane and you feel guilty but we definitely did it up one night and i will i definitely always remember that yeah oh that sounds amazing and yeah i guess you kind of be like hey politicians <laughs> enough with yeah. enough with all that <laughs> yeah but one thing that was cool was it was like right before obama was clearly going to be elected in 2008 and so we were like a little bit psyched about that because it felt like it was the end of the Sorry to get political, but, you know, George W. Bush didn't seem that cool at the time. No, it was bad. <laughs> and then <laughs> and now great. we know now we know better. <laughs> yeah, but now we love his paintings. Another guy who had, does paintings, right? <laughs> Goes crazy, <laughs> does paintings. I'm going to ask him to paint me now. <laughs> George paint Chris. <laughs> Hashtag it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. And then you get on the uh, you get on like some DC news stations. They're like, "Oh, we picked up wind of this guy trying to get George Bush to paint him." I guess there's something uh, about getting a meal, though. You know, where like money's not an object. Yeah. Oh, we're getting it's bath time for my daughter. You can probably hear it. But you know, like we're at the, you get the bill and you're like, "No problem," and you just slap down an envelope of per diem or whatever. You know, man, that is sweet. That yeah, get whatever it. you want, babe. <laughs> and babe is yeah, just yeah. you. <laughs> and then they do, and then you're like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that's a little strange. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think, Chris, then that's about does it. The bath time. <laughs> we did, We wrapped it up just in time you hear for it? bath you hear the time. Bath yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> hey, guys, this is real life. <laughs> and well, it's just how we like it here on Fresh of the Show. Penultimate episode, number 5-0, the 50th episode, 50. Whoa. 50 episodes. Whoa. So thank you very much, Chris Locke, one of my heroes of comedy, for coming on. Truly a bucket list guest. Thank you so much for actually saying yes, filling out all the forms and the emails, <laughs> and then uh, and then actually doing it. So, Chris, thank you very much for doing that. And now we can say all the promotional things. Ever check out Chris? Just Google Chris Locke, and it's not the character from that 2005 movie. All the yeah. other, all the other stuff, it probably is him. <laughs> yeah, Learning Nature with Chris Locke on Funny or Die. Yeah, all link Twitter, link Chris in Locke the show notes. On YouTube Chris Locke comedy. There's videos up there. I think I'm gonna try and put the Funny or Die thing on my YouTube page now too. That's a great idea. Yeah, and all the links to that, to your YouTube page, to the Jim Carrey Paint My Portrait, to Side of Smooth Morning Walk, <laughs> uh, Learning Nature, and Utopia to Me. Yeah. Oh, and your album, World is Embarrassing, I put the link in. So I got all the links. 
Check them all out. <laughs> and I have another one. Demons are eating my head. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the new one. And if you see that I'm stand up in your town, go see me because that's my strong suit. Oh, that's the real deal. You got to see him live. Uh, yeah, check him out. Look for his name on comedy posters. Yeah, thanks so much. It was fun. All right, thank you very much. And now I will play that classic theme as we say our goodbyes. Killer. All right, so thank you very much and enjoy bath time. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> It's real life. We're getting real. Yeah. All right, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. I'll see you around. Okay, cool. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Chris. You gotta check out all of his comedy. Links in the show notes. And do see him when he comes to your town because he is so very funny and nice. And now you know so much about his life, you can go talk to him about it. And be sure to follow at FOTS Pod and send a question for next week's guest. It's going to be huge. It's the season one finale episode. It's going to be great. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at SkinnerSteven as I continue to do jokes online. And point your browser to www.stevenwskinner.com for all 50 episodes. Thank you to Ruby Coast for the music. Thanks to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme. And thank you very much for listening. I am Stephen W. Skinner. Have a great one.